Isaiah 53, uh, start reading verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. The prophet Isaiah is, is prophesying about the Lord, about Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows, yet did we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of of us all. And I have preached many times about the sacrifice of the Lord, what the Lord has done for us. And I'll preach some things again today, but I want to help us in a couple of other areas as well. This is what the Lord wants to remind us of today is that Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All. Lift your hands one more time today. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done already. Lord, the freedom that we feel, and we know it's because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I feel liberty in this house today. Darkness has no hold here. No power of Satan has any hold here. The authority of the Holy Ghost is loosed in this room right now. And healing and deliverance and salvation and Miracles and signs and wonders are available to us today in this room. Lord, and we expect it, we believe it, and I ask that you would help us today open our hearts to receive your word to be changed and made better. In the name of Jesus, everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated. Jesus paid it all. Stop texting me. I'm trying to preach. <clears throat> we read through this passage many, many times. And we see it just lists thing after thing. Many times we read through it fast and we lump it all in. You know, this, you know, it's talking about the sacrifice that Jesus would make for us and what he would do for us. And it's powerful. I want to direct your attention, before I go anywhere else, I want to direct your attention to Matthew 27 and 23. This is when Jesus is on trial. And they're bringing him before Pilate, and Pilate can't find anything. I mean, you know, he's thinking, you know, this guy, Barabbas, if anybody deserves Roman crucifixion, it's this guy. But this guy, Jesus, I mean, we might whip him. I just don't see why he needs to die, though. But there was a mob. It says, the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. 
And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, and he took water, washed his hands before the multitude. He washed his hands in front of everyone in a gesture, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. He said, in other words, I'm washing my hands of this. Y'all do what you see fit to do, I guess. And then answered all the people. They still, even after he had given them, they could have just took him. They could have, you know, went ahead and did what they were going to do. But even after this, even after he gave them their way, they, they had to cry out more. It said, answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and on our children. And that's powerful to me because they had no idea just what they were saying. They had no idea exactly what they were prophesying when they said, His blood be on us. As a matter of fact, His blood would be on them and on their children. And many that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. They didn't even know what they were saying right there. As a matter of fact, His blood would be on them. And it's powerful to me. And the accounts of Jesus' crucifixion, they, they collectively, throughout the Gospels, they, they give us probably the most well-known Bible story uh, of all. People see a cross, they automatically know what it means. We love to, to sing about His sacrifice we love to talk about his sacrifice, preach about it. Your phone's wallpaper might be an image of a cross with a scripture on it. We love to shout about the blood of Jesus. I believe that we really do truly appreciate and realize the significance of his death and burial and resurrection. But, However, I believe many times that we still have a very limited view of his sacrifice and the scope. Of his sacrifice. I don't think we allow ourselves full access. To what Jesus. Unlocked for us at Calvary. <clears throat> to us his sacrifice is often that he died for our sins. He was whipped and beaten so we could be healed. And while that is true. I feel that many of us lack a full understanding. Again of the scope of what he did for us and I want to talk to us about what has been made available to us through the sacrifice of Jesus and I want you to know today that the Lord died for you people they look at it like a fairy tale today there's there's I, I, I've said this a lot we we might have ingested too much Science fiction, too much superheroes, too much magic and, and, and things that, that are entertaining to us and maybe uh, can, can be harmless entertainment. Not, there's not much harmless entertainment anymore, but, but we look at things like this as, as fiction because we can see Jesus as the hero here and he's laying down and... and I would say that, that the example of Jesus, I would say that that, uh, that theme has been played out many times 
in novels, in stories, in movies, you see the hero lay down his life for uh, you know, those that he is fighting for and that he cares about. But Jesus did it first. And Jesus did it for real. And it might not be popular today, but I believe that the Lord God Almighty wrapped Himself in a robe of flesh. That He was born of a virgin. That He grew. That He had a ministry on this earth. And that He went to a cross, died for my sins, made a way for me to be saved. And He rose again three days later with all power and authority and the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I believe in the sacrifice of Jesus. And I want to tell you whether you believe it or not today that Jesus died for you. Amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. But I want to address those today who still believe for whatever reason that even this great sacrifice, even if you believe it happened, you don't think that it's maybe quite enough for you. And I could, oh, I could preach so many different messages about this. But in, in Genesis 4, you throw that up for me, Genesis 4, 9 through 11, I, I want to give you this example here. This is when Cain had killed his brother Abel. This is the first murder that is recorded. And Cain, because he was bitter and angry that the Lord was accepting Abel's sacrifice, he killed Abel. The Lord appears to Cain and says, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Next verse. If we have it. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood. Now if you would go to Hebrews for me. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood was crying out from the ground. And there's something natural that we feel that because of what we have done, because of the sin that we have committed, that I deserve punishment. I deserve a curse. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. But now we have the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That doesn't cry out for vengeance because He took the punishment already. That says, no, you're not worthy of it. And yeah, you are deserving of of punishment. But I already took it for you. Because I have already paid the price. And my blood speaks something better than the blood of Abel that cried out for vengeance. My blood speaks something better. It speaks mercy and grace and salvation and 
You've got so much guilt and shame and regret that you've accumulated and too much baggage and you're too messed up and you've rejected Jesus too many times and you think that His sacrifice is limited to those who are far less messed up than you are. You don't even try to accept it anymore. He can't still be extending His love to me. But Romans 5, 8, and 9 says, But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Saved from the thing that I deserve. The Bible also says that love covers a multitude of sins. And Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life. And I tell you what, uh, he, he, you know what he was doing just a few uh, chapters, a few hours after he said that? He said he was hanging on a cross and he was dying for you, covering your sins because he loves you and he laid down his life for you. He loved you before you were born. No one else has ever loved you more purely and more deeply and more relentlessly than Jesus loves you. His love doesn't even make sense to us because it's a love that's not natural. It's not of this world. It's not of this earth. He loved you in your worst mistake. He loved you every time you rejected Him. He loves you in your darkest place. He loves you in your addiction. He loved you in foolishness. He loved you in fornication. He loved you in drunkenness. He has loved you through all the years that you've rejected Him. He loves you right now as you sit in these pews. And if you say, I've been too bad, are you saying that His sacrifice wasn't quite enough for you? If you say, I've gone too far to be redeemed, are you saying that He didn't spill quite enough blood to cover you? You're saying, I can't be saved from the darkness that I'm in. Are you saying that what He did wasn't quite good enough for you? 1 John 2 and 2 said, He is the repudiation for our sins, and not for ours only, also for the sins of the whole world. He did it for you. He was in the flesh, but He was still the omnipresent, omniscient God who stands outside of time. And He saw your face. And He knew your sin with every lash that He took during that beating. Every time that He was spat on in the face or he was punched or or slapped or when they plucked his beard from his face he knew you because it said he knew me before i was formed in my mother's womb he said when in one place all souls are mine he saw your face standing outside of time and he said in my flesh this hurts In my flesh, this is tearing me apart. But it said, for the joy that was set before Him. You know what the joy that was set before Him was? You. It was you in an altar. It was you going down in the water in Jesus' name. And He said, for the joy that set before me. Ha, ha, ha. 
Long ago, they fell in that garden and the curse of sin has been on them. But there's a joy that's set before me and I'm going to endure the cross and endure the shame and endure the beating and the lashing because my child is worth saving. He saw you. And I, this is what I want to talk to you about today, that Jesus didn't halfway do it. But Jesus paid it all. I told you already, He covered that part of me that says, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I deserve punishment. I deserve these bad things. He covered that. He said, my blood speaks something better than Abel's blood. But the work of the Lord was so complete, so thorough, so that there has never been anything done like it before or since. He gave Himself as a sacrifice for us. It was so complete. He paid it all, but I don't think that we understand the scope of it all. Because Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He suffered for every part of us. He suffered every problem and every sickness that we could ever face. The reason we stop ourselves short is because we treat His sacrifice as an accessory. And as an Easter story. And as something that makes us just cry when we take communion. And what we need to do is realize that When He paid that price, He paid it all. He gave us full access. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't leave anyone out. But He hung on that cross and He said, It is finished. It is finished. And so Isaiah 53 and 4 again says, He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You see, Jesus did take stripes for the healing of our bodies. Every sickness, every disease, by His stripes we are healed. But you see, He hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. He took stripes on His body for the healing of our bodies. But He wore a crown of thorns. That they pushed into his head. He wore that crown of thorns. For the healing of our minds. Because he said. Their bodies will need healing. But their minds are going to need healing. And so I let them. Hammer this crown of thorns. Into my. Let me tell you that Jesus will heal cancer and flu and diabetes and blindness and lameness and MS and bones and lungs and hearts and joints and ligaments and anything physically, any disease or medical condition that you can name. He will heal. He took stripes for the healing of our bodies. But He'll also heal your mind. And He wore a crown of thorns for fear and anxiety 
and depression and PTSD and suicidal thoughts and any mental illness or condition you can name. Anything that tries to take away your peace. Anything that tries to steal your joy. He said, I'm going to wear this crown of thorns for the healing of their mind, for the healing of their emotions. The chastisement of their peace is going to be upon me. I'm not just going to let them be well in their body and suffer in their minds. Let me tell you, if you deal with things, if you deal with mental illness, if you deal with depression and oppression, if you have suicidal thoughts that have come against you, I'm telling you that the Lord wore a crown of thorns to heal your mind today. And you can be set free from that darkness today. You can live above those things today because He wore a crown of thorns for the healing of your mind. You don't have to suffer with those things. Because Jesus paid it all. And you know what? You might feel today like your sin is too bad because you're not, you're, you're not dealing with just sin anymore. You feel like my sin is too bad, but that's because you're not just dealing with just old-fashioned sin anymore. But maybe perhaps your sin has turned into transgression. And perhaps your transgression has turned into iniquity. And we often look at those as three synonymous things, but they are different. Sin is a mistake. It's, it's what I'm natural. I'm born into sin. I, man has a sinful nature. And, and so when I fall flat on my face, when I fall short, when I do something that, that contradicts the Word of God, when I sin, I, I, I'm messing up. I'm doing something wrong. I made the wrong choice and I sinned. And Jesus did die for my sin. But there's something called transgression. And it mentions that in this passage. That He was wounded for our transgressions. And transgression begins with sin. But it starts becoming transgression when sin is no longer a mistake, but a continuous choice. Transgression is rebellion against God and the Word of God. Transgression is knowing that you're in sin and continuing without repentance. I'm a transgressor, making the choice to continue in sin. Paul said in one place that he wrote, If I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. When I go back to sin that, that I was delivered from, that I was freed from, and I go back to a life of sin, and I make that choice, and I continue in sin, I'm not just dealing with sin anymore. I have made myself a transgressor. And then there's iniquity. Iniquity goes even deeper. Continuous transgression, it can pervert your mind. The way that you live. It changes you on a deep level. It perverts your heart. It infects you. It takes hold of you. It takes root in you. It takes root in your life. It gets inside of you. And now you are in iniquity. And iniquity. People believe in different ways. There are different schools of thought on this. But iniquity can. It can affect your family. If you live in iniquity, it can, it can be something that your children have to be free from. 
Some people use the term generational curse. Some people don't like that term. But iniquity, it just runs deeper. But Jesus didn't just suffer for your sin. But He was wounded for our transgressions. Because He paid it all. And He went further than that and it says He was bruised for our iniquities. Do you know what a bruise is? A bruise is ruptured blood vessels. A bruise is bleeding under the skin. And we always talk about the blood that flowed from Jesus' body. But do you realize that He bled on the inside? He didn't just bleed for surface level stuff. But He bled for the things on the inside of you. He bled for the things that nobody can see and nobody knows about. He bled for the things that go on a deeper level. He bled for the iniquity that you have suffered with, that you have continued in. And so when you're thinking, yeah, Jesus can forgive these small sins, but there's something deeply wrong with me. Let me tell you that He was bruised for your iniquity because Jesus paid it all. And it doesn't go so deep that Jesus can't reach it. It doesn't go so deep that the blood of Jesus doesn't reach it. He bled for our iniquities. He bled for things that have gotten inside of us, that have taken root in us beneath the surface. He bled on the inside of His body to cleanse us from our iniquity. To free you from those generational chains and Things that have taken root. Because of the bruising of His, uh, for our iniquities, your whole family can be set free. Your children can be set free. Your home can be cleansed and washed and set free because Jesus paid it all. He bled to turn perverted and twisted hearts and minds and spirits toward him. I want to tell you that there's nothing Jesus didn't cover because Jesus paid it all. And one more thing I want to show you today to try and help us understand that truly Jesus didn't leave anything out. Knowing all of this, I'd like to take it a step further and again in Matthew 27, but a few verses later in verse 46. Jesus is being crucified. He's hanging on the cross. And it says, About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And people have a hard time receiving these things because of the separation that they feel from God that is caused by sin and transgression and iniquity. So why did Jesus cry out and say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That confuses a lot of people. It, it's, it, it makes a lot of people kind of hit a roadblock and they don't know what to think about that because they're thinking if, if He was... 
God in the flesh, and he's, you know, he, he's God. Why is he crying out, saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Isaiah 59, 2 says that the sins and iniquities, they separate man and God. And until that moment on the cross, Jesus, in the flesh, he did not have any sin. He never sinned. He never transgressed. He was a perfect man. He did no sin. He knew no sin. There was no sin in him. And until that moment, he did not know what sin, the flesh that he robed himself in, did not know what sin upon him was. But at Calvary, he became the sin bearer. And he bore the sin and transgression and iniquity of the whole world on his shoulders. Our sins were placed on him. And he, because he was in that moment a man bearing sin, had to allow himself to feel as any person feels under sin. And that is God forsaken. He said, I'm going to allow myself to, be, to take stripes for their healing. I'm going to have a crown of thorns placed on my head for their minds and for their peace. I'm going to be wounded for their transgressions. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be bruised for their iniquity. But I'm going to hang on this cross and allow myself to feel what they feel when they sin. And that is God forsaken. And that's natural that when I sin, when I'm living in sin, and you know what it feels like, you feel like God has forsaken me because of this. I am far away from God because of this. I am out of the reach of God because of this. And not only does this testify to the dual nature of Jesus Christ, that He was completely man and completely God, but we see that in this moment, Jesus truly did pay it all. Before He said, it is finished, He decided, not only will I give them victory over sickness, cover every sin, but I will take upon me the weight of the despair of separation, and I'll take it to the grave with me. And in that, I will give them victory over separation anxiety that they have when they sin. Musicians, you can come today. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature not sin not transgression not iniquity not failure not shortcomings nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord stand with me today Yes, sin does separate you from God. But it does not separate you from the love of God. And the love of God is what bridges the gap that sin creates. And so even when you feel like, huh, I've made myself far away from God. Even if you have separated yourself from God. 
There is nothing you can do that separates you from the love of God. And love covers a multitude of sin. The scripture said where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. You can't outrun the love of God. You can't outrun the complete work of Calvary. You can't outrun the blood of Jesus because Jesus paid it all. Could we lift our hands right now all over this room? Maybe you wanted something a little deeper, a little more mind-blowing today, but this is the charge that the Lord gave me today to talk about His sacrifice and the scope of what He did. Everything, and there's so much more I could show you, I could read you, but everything I read today to you, it covers everything that you could struggle with. It covers every lifestyle that you could be living today. It covers every circumstance that you might be facing. It covers everything in your mind that you might be dealing with. It covers any sickness that might be in your body today. Because Jesus paid it all. That's why before He he gave up the ghost, He said, it is finished. And at the temple miles away, the veil was torn. And we were given access. Where we didn't have access before, He granted us access. And said, I've given everything so they can have everything. I'll take it a step further and say, you might, you might have just gone ahead and rolled the stone over your grave. Feel like, I, here lies what I used to be. Here lies what I could have been but never was. And you're saying just come visit me at my grave because I'm, I'm dead. He took it a step further. And when he stepped out of that grave three days later, he said, I have conquered death hell and the grave and have shown you that even being dead in sin we are buried with Him in baptism and raised again into new life it says there is nothing that Jesus didn't cover with His sacrifice so no you're not too bad to be redeemed And you're not too sick to be healed. And you're not too messed up in your mind to be delivered and set free. Because Jesus paid it all. And so all I have left to do today is give you an invitation. To find a place at this altar or make yourself an altar where you are. And with the knowledge that anything is available. I'm just asking you. Rather, the Lord is asking you today, like He did so many in His ministry. What would you have me do? Do you need to be healed? Because I'll heal your body. Do you need to be set free in your mind? Because I'll heal your mind. 
I'll heal your emotions. I'll, I'll heal your heart. I am near to the broken heart. Are you dealing with sin? Because I'll set you free. I'll wash away transgression. I'll, I'll break the chains of iniquity in your life. And new life is available to you today. And it's not a fairy tale. I'm asking you today to come and find a place in these altars. And why don't you receive what God has available for you today? Why don't you find a place and lift your voice and lift your hands? Just tell the Lord what you need today. If you need to repent, repent. The Lord will forgive you. And He'll, He'll bestow blessing on you. He'll bestow healing on you. He'll deliver you today. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have preached to you the gospel of Jesus Christ today. You want to know the good news? You want to know the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's for you today. It's for you today.